0: Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe.
1: And I'm Brenna.
0: And our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805
1: and on the Tukumlupste Shwetmuk territory within the unceded traditional lands of Ulu. And today's text, the book version anyway, uh, is set primarily in San Francisco, the traditional home of the Ramaytush, Oholone, and Muquiam peoples. And Joe,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: we are doing kind of an HKHS first here, right? In that we're reading a book, When Dimple Met Rishi by Sindhaya Menon, who's an author who I've talked about on the show a lot, because I mm-hmm. really, really love these books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But we're looking at an adaptation that is, uh, it takes this Indian American text and sets it in India with a, an almost entirely Indian cast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And really changes the context and the sort of social cultural conversation of the text in in big ways. Like, in many ways, it's a pretty normal adaptation. And then there's mm-hmm. these aspects of it that are just like... I was gonna say worlds apart, but literal worlds apart.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. The weird thing for me is that the changes are not that culturally based. They've just yeah. made some I'm gonna say it frankly, bizarre decisions in the adaptation process. And I've got a couple of quotes that may help to elucidate things. I I'm still wrapping my head around it, but yeah, uh six thirty to thirty-five minute episodes and that tv show is only getting started so folks if you are just playing catch up now go in prepared for massive massive cliffhangers at the end of season one
1: i was so confused i thought there must be more i was like mm-hmm. Wait, what what
0: oh same with me i was halfway through the tv show and thinking okay we are moving very slowly there's only three episodes left how are we going to start to wrap this up and then i got to episode six and yeah the light bulb went off and i maybe audibly groaned
1: yeah yeah i agree i think <laughs> that there's um an apologies by the way because i've got this really great rasp joe mm-hmm. like still, still a little sick yep still still riding this um i save it actually for the podcast i sound normal everywhere else oh good okay <laughs> one of the things I, I noted to joe by text this week is like one of the things i really enjoy about when dimple met rishi and I'm not the only person to observe this, this is a common note in reviews of the book, is that it has almost like a Bollywood rhythm of the kind Mm of will they, won't they, and the kinds of little scraps and little misunderstandings that get blown up, but never blown up so far And the happy ending and the almost impossible achievement of all dreams and all goals, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you have to suspend disbelief for this book to work. It's a rom com. Like any rom com, you have to suspend disbelief. Um, But it does have that particular Bollywood rhythm. But the adaptation is not Bollywood at no. all <laughs> it's mm-hmm. playing it very straight very realist and it's even making intentionally making some darker choices with the characters and their backstories i think yes. to try to get away from that the maybe kind of frivolous vibe of the book mm-hmm. and i was disappointed <laughs> because i <laughs> like the frivolous vibe of the book
0: <laughs> yeah that was one of the very deliberate creative decisions that i saw when i was reading up how they approached the adaptation everyone involved in it was very explicit as saying we don't want to just make a straightforward adaptation. And then in a couple of reviews, they said, oh, this is a more grounded realist approach, which stands apart from what you would traditionally see in Bollywood. So it almost feels like they said, well, we're making this in India where we already have Bollywood. We don't want that. But mm-hmm. there's a tension between the Indian ness, if that isn't offensive and the kind of western sensibilities which is kind of fascinating but more frustrating
1: yeah i agree so let's talk about the book and okay. then we can get in and talk more specifically about the changes that are made in the film and whether we think they maybe quite work or not mm-hmm. so when diplomat rishi is a 2017 novel by Sandhya menon and it was I think pretty important when it came out in that it was a love story, a happy sort of fun romantic comedy starring Mm -hmm. two Indian American teens and particularly placing, you know, we've talked on the show before about how. Y A has historically, as with most Western media, historically we've seen like sort of a desexing of the Asian American teen, and
0: mm-hmm. particularly the
1: Asian American teenage boy. Whereas here we have like some real, some real heartthrobs, some real Indian American heartthrobs. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's really important to the way the book works and to why it was so successful when it came out because it was pretty much an instant bestseller. And Sandhya Menon has gone on to write. Two more full-length novels and two novellas in this universe with other characters. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. So the premise of When Dimple Met Rishi is that uh, Dimple is this driven, feminist, kind of angry, kind of mm-hmm. on-edge teen who's really pushing against her mom's more traditional sense of where happiness will lie for her. So Dimple really wants a career, particularly a career in web development, app development. Like she's a coder. She -hmm. likes building things. And her mom wants her to get married. And there's this huge gulf between them because Dimple feels like her mom can't understand anything about her if she doesn't understand that. And Dimple's mom just feels like Dimple doesn't listen to her at all. And it's kind of true. Mm -hmm. So they have this divide, and that's where the book opens. We also meet Rishi, who is kind of the opposite. His parents are, he loves his parents. Obviously, Dimple loves her parents, but he loves kind of following his parents. Like He's happy to do the things that are important to them. He feels responsible as the oldest son to fulfill Mm -hmm. certain expectations, and he's pretty comfortable in that role. He doesn't grate against it the way Dimple does.
0: Right, and it's also because his younger brother is... I don't want to say more like Dimple, but uh, his younger brother, Ashish, is not interested in sort of the traditional trajectory. He doesn't want to get married. He wants to play basketball and score with girls.
1: Yes. That's all he wants to do. Um, Whereas Rishi is actually really interested in the idea of an arranged marriage and he's interested in finding a partner. He's interested Mm -hmm. in involving his parents in that part of his life. I know one of the reviews for the Chicago Tribune, I think, pointed out the rarity of seeing arranged marriage represented in a really respectful way in -hmm. American media in particular. And sort of imagining what it could look like in an American context, in an American teen context to pursue this kind of a partnership.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's where so much of the power lied for me was we've got two interesting perspectives and neither are presented as right and neither are presented as wrong. It's really about the choices and the values and the family histories and I will confess it brought me back to the relationship that you and I had and we were gently criticized when we talked about Never Have I Ever, which also Mm -hmm. features an arranged marriage uh, storyline. And I felt like this did a better handling of it because we had both sides of the story. Like we had both perspectives.
1: Yeah. And so that's the important part is that Rishi, um, they both end up at this camp. It's like a, a six week intensive programming camp where you try to create an app it's called InsomniaCon. con
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: just so like mid-2000s like <laughs> tech yeah. culture
0: tech in san francisco what better yeah
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so they both end up going to it but dimple is just going because she has this idea for an app that will help her father who's diabetic and it'll help him um, manage his sugars and mm-hmm. get a proper amount of activity she's got this whole plan uh rishi is going to the camp as well he's vaguely interested in web development he's going to go to university for
2: computer (laughs)
1: science so he kind of is like it won't be a useless waste of my time mostly he's going to meet dimple and the thing is that dimple doesn't know any of this because her parents don't give her a heads up so when rishi sees her at a starbucks and says hello future wife
0: (laughs) oh my gosh so funny
1: (laughs) she freaks out and throws an iced coffee at him which is one of like my favorite meet cute moments ever and basically the story evolves from there dimple comes to realize that like rishi's a good guy who has just Mm -hmm. a different set of values than her and he was placed in this situation basically by her parents not being truthful with her not because he's like a creep Mm -hmm. and rishi comes to see that Dimple's desire for a career doesn't necessarily mean that there's no space for anything else. It's just that she has to figure out what that will look like for her within the context of her parents and ensuring she's taken seriously by her parents. So mm-hmm. the novel itself is really just like, yes, they're building an app together, but mm-hmm. also it's a novel about, you know, two people really figuring out how how they can remain true to their values, but also find space for each other.
2: Yeah. Where she and becomes less build- attached.
1: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say Rishi becomes less attached to his parents' values and starts to discover his own love of art, which sort of parallels Dimple's love of tech in a way that's really compatible and mm-hmm. yes it all culminates at a talent show
2: yes <laughs> is that where you were going
1: with it the was, dance yeah. um which again is one of the reasons why critics have sort of pointed to the kind of bollywood-esque natures that we get to this big talent show with a huge dance number and dimple and rishi kill it um mm-hmm. there's all kinds of backstory with these abber zombie um bullies who kind of get their comeuppance but not and then they don't win the contest mm-hmm Because
0: nepotism does.
1: Because nepotism, which I really liked in the context of San Francisco and tech. I thought that was very fitting. But even though they don't win the contest, Rishi finds a way for Dimble to meet this woman who is her idol, who could help her develop her app, which is supposed to be this moment for her to realize that you can have a relationship with a supportive person and a career. Mm -hmm. They just have to be in sync with each other. But instead, she's still so overcome by the fact that she lost the contest proper, that she breaks mm-hmm. up with Rishi. Meanwhile, Rishi has a big, like, come to whatever moment with his parents and mm-hmm. tells them he's going to art school instead. And that enables them to, when Dimple goes to Stanford and Rishi goes to SFU, have another meet-cute where they get back together and everything is really lovely and happy at the end of the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all works for me for the yeah. most part. Except that I find between about the time that we get very serious with the talent show, I feel like the book really hits the accelerator to the Mm -hmm. point where all of a sudden it's all about the talent show as opposed to the app, and then the book is just over. So I, I found that last kind of section hyper accelerated to the point where I was just like, no, things are happening too quickly. Can we please just slow it down a little bit?
1: I agree. One thing I really wanted in that last section was more time with both of them post breakup, pre getting Mm -hmm. back together. Like I wanted to know more about because basically what you you learn is that Dimple just goes back and is sad for three months.
0: Yeah, it's an entire summer and it gets covered in the space of maybe a couple pages.
1: Yeah. And Rishi goes through all this character development where he, you know, confronts his parents and rediscovers his love of art and switches from MIT to SFU and like Mm -hmm. we get maybe two paragraphs about it I wanted more of all of that because what I think is a strength of this book is that the two romantic leads are interesting people in and of themselves and that whole end of the book with its focus on getting to the happy ending Mm -hmm. forgets that we actually really care about both of these people as individuals
0: yeah it's a little bit confounding In the way that I almost wonder if this was a creative decision or something that maybe an editor or the Mm. publishing house said, like, okay, you've drawn this out enough, let's just get to it. Because obviously, it's a romantic comedy, we know they're going to end up together. So you're just delaying the inevitable. But you're right, it does seem to forget that we care about more than just the smoochies.
1: It's on the long side for a debut novel, so I've always wondered if there was something cut or something hastened Mm -hmm. in that last section. Like, 380 pages for a debut that's not a dystopia is pretty substantial.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I will say, so we setting aside the plot and that kind of stuff. This is so delightful. I (laughs) breeze through this book. I think I read it in maybe two and a half days, which for me is really impressive because I'm a slow reader. And this was just a page turner, like so easy, so relatable, despite not at all being relatable in any sense of the word. (laughs) And yeah, I love Manon's writing style. It's so easy to get into. And these characters just leapt off the page.
1: She does one thing that we haven't seen before and that I really like. We've read books with alternating perspectives before, but they always stick to a structure of one chapter for one, one chapter for the other, one chapter Mm -hmm. for one, one chapter for the other, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And we've read examples of it that work really well. Mm -hmm. But one thing that Menon lets herself do here is... Within a chapter, perspective can shift. So you're not waiting for the next chapter to find out how Dimple took that thing you read from Rishi's perspective. Mm-hmm. You get it right away, and that lends a a speed and a kind of
0: it's almost like an urgency.
1: Yeah. And it feels more like you're inside a conversation, right? Because you're moving back and forth between them. You're not like, if there's not this artificial wait for the end of a chapter to get to the next perspective. And Mm -hmm. I think she does that really well. I also think the characters are nicely delineated. Like I know when I'm in Rishi's thoughts, I know when I'm in Dimple's thoughts. So Mm -hmm. she can move back and forth between them within a chapter without it getting
0: confusing. Agreed. Yeah. I also think that this this book has a good understanding of how to use its supporting characters Mm -hmm. in such a way that they feel real and to a certain extent rounded, but it also knows where its priorities lie. And I feel like having now seen the TV show, that was something that I ended up really missing and coming to appreciate even more about the book.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. I think some of that has to do with the fact that these characters are going to recur. So Mm.
0: we'll get more of them later.
1: Yeah, I think there's actually four standalone books and two novellas. And so characters who you've only heard referenced really briefly, like Sweetie is a family member who gets referenced really briefly. She's going to come back. Ashish gets his own book later um, with a love interest. So Hmm. it's almost like it's I think it's remarkable in a debut author. She really seems to have... She seems to have confidence that she'll have time to develop with these characters later and she doesn't have to do everything in one book. Whereas the TV series often feels like it thinks it needs to put everyone's storyline in those first short six episodes Mm -hmm. to the detriment of any kind of resolution for anything at all ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I know it feels like we're maybe just getting started, but we keep referencing the TV show, so maybe we should bring it in.
1: Definitely.
2: 103 school and I'm that guy romance I'm here for Dimple Hello future wife
0: Creep All right so apologies in advance for any mispronunciations I'm going to try to do my best here so Mismatch is a 2020 Indian Hindi language TV show on Netflix, which is a partnership with a production company called RSVP. It is written by Ghazal Dalliwal and it is directed or co-directed by two people, Akarsh Karana and Nipam Dehar Dakari. And it has a cast of people that we don't know, but people in India might know the two leads at least. So Prajaka Kali as Dimple, she is a YouTube star, apparently. This is her oh. big debut acting gig, but she was very much a known social media influencer.
2: Okay.
0: And Rohit Saraf as Rishi apparently has done a number of other kind of like well-respected teen roles.
1: He's extremely handsome.
0: Oh my gosh, they're both very cute. Yeah, they are. It's almost more frustrating that the TV series doesn't recognize that their chemistry is really good. And they're both really good actors in these roles. And I just kept being like, No, this is your priority. This is your focus, like trust in the love story and the two leads you have cast.
1: Yes, because they are they're adorable together. And when the two of them are on screen, And we're focused on the central plot. The show is really cute. It's really lovely. I can Mm -hmm. watch the two of them all the time. The problem is that, yeah, the series doesn't trust that they are enough.
0: Yeah. So let's go through the rest of this cast. So we have Kritika Baradwaj as Simran and abhinav sharma as krish so she is the popular girl who has the very active social media presence and then he is her boyfriend who is a little eager for some under the top action and over the course of the six episodes we learned that he is suffering from alopecia and he's very conscious of it and doesn't want his girlfriend to touch his hair yes we also have Taruk Reina as Anmal. He is a disabled video gamer who used to be quite the ladies' man, a sports figure, and let's put him to the side because there's a lot to talk about with that character. Yes. We also have Vihan Samat as Harsh, and he is... He's an American who's staying with his grandparents in India. And again, lots of thoughts about this character. Addicted to pornography. Uh, Yeah, okay. Sorry, so many thoughts. We've got Devyani Shori as Namrata, that is Rishi's best friend, and she is a closeted lesbian. And then we also have Muskan Jaferi as Selina, that is Dimple's roommate, who has a kind of flirtatious relationship with Namrata, but is afraid of it, and as a result ends up hooking up with Rishi's brother. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we've got two adults. One is a completely new character played by Vidya Malvade as Zenat. She's a 40-year-old divorcee who is part of the coding camp. And then we also have Rain Vijay Singha as Professor Sid, who is the cruel-to-be-kind faculty member who is in charge of the camp and mostly just says the word rejected over and over and over <laughs> again.
1: I got the vibe, if this was an American TV show, I would have assumed he is quite famous in his own right and is drawing in an audience. I don't know if that's the case, but that's the vibe I get from the way he plays this character.
0: I think so. Yeah, it definitely seemed to be him. And then the two leads were kind of the, these are the gets.
1: yeah. There are elements of this show that are really cute. And I wanna point out I did two things differently this time than what I usually do. The first is I watched mm-hmm. the T V series first. Okay. Because I knew how much I loved the book and I was I didn't want to read the book right away and go into the show. I felt it would be unfair. So I have mm-hmm. a couple of years between the book and I before I watched the show. Okay. Trying to give it a really fair mm-hmm. shake. The other thing that I did, we've talked on the show before about how I tend to struggle cognitively, like with subtitles. Like I find I find it hard to pay attention to both the visual and the subtitles at the same time. But Mm -hmm. I made a really strong effort. So for the first four episodes, I watched it in Hindi with the English subtitles. Okay. The last two episodes, to be perfectly honest, I was wrapping presents. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to miss anything. So I switched over to the English dubbing for the last Mm -hmm. two episodes. It's a far better experience to watch it in Hindi, particularly because... The characters so effortlessly code switch between Hindi mm-hmm. and English. And you miss all of that when you're watching the dubbed version. So yes. you should definitely, for the musicality of the way language is used, you should definitely watch it in, in Hindi with the subtitles if you're coming new to the show. So those are two things that I like did differently this time in an effort to give this show a really fair shake.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and despite the fair shake, you still <laughs> had issues.
1: I just felt like... When you were running through the character list, Joe, Mm -hmm. any single one of these people could have a very special episode about themselves, whether it's the alopecia, the lesbianism, the fear of lesbianism, the disability. Like, Mm -hmm. there's all of these things going on. None of them get more than about eight and a half minutes of screen time across the six episodes. Mm -hmm. And so you can't commit to any of them. There's a character, Zenat, who's added... And she's, I think she's, she's fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. She's a widow who's come to this program because she wants a career now that her marriage is over. And she wants to learn. She has the like most mom app idea, which is, she's not even that old. They make her act like a boomer. She's not.
0: Yeah, she basically proposes urban dictionary. And instead of (laughs) Professor Sid saying rejected, which is what he says for way better ideas, he's like, yes, that's a great idea. Like, Come on, dude. I know.
1: Um, But her character is really interesting. And it's just there's not enough time in the series to explore all of these different people. Or it's not even there's not enough time. Frankly, the show invests way too much time in this stupid League of Legends tournament.
0: Yeah, the last two episodes are very much about Dimple's ongoing battle for supremacy with Anwal, and he is ranked 16 in League of Legends in India, so she challenges him. And the whole last episode is really about them playing this game, which I only know this because my husband used to play League of Legends. It's honestly the most infuriating game. And there's a lot of commentary about sexism and misogyny and like homophobia in the gaming industry, but it's really weird. You you messaged me and said, I think the show confuses coding with gaming because yeah. I don't know why we need any of this in here. Obviously, there's dramatic stakes associated with this, and there's a lot of climaxes and cliffhangers that come out of the results, but it also feels like, are we just sponsored by League of Legends right now? <laughs>
1: In the last episode, like, so this is like a summer program. It's running at a college. It looks mm-hmm. like it's kind of just using the college real estate to have this. They only use about one classroom in the dining hall and the dorms, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, somehow, for the League of Legends
0: tournament, <laughs> they between... set up a giant stage and. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do they set up a giant outdoor stage like with all the appropriate sound equipment and everything
2: mm-hmm. but the
1: only people who are there are the people from their class it's very strange i didn't understand any of it like i know that league of legend tournaments are a real thing oh, and that people yeah. go and they watch and they're huge like when i used to go to seattle regularly when we lived in vancouver it was like we would always somehow end up in Seattle during League of Legends tournament time. And they took over like mm-hmm. whole stadiums to do it. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. it. It's a big deal. Dimple is not a ranked player. So, like, no.
0: why it is doesn't this a big deal? No. Any sense
1: in this context? And yeah, I really feel like they add this gamer girl thing to Dimple's character, mm-hmm. which doesn't really add anything to the larger motivations and the things that she's trying to. Pursue for herself. It just sort of is like, well, she likes nerdy things, so also she plays this game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I ended up going down a bit of a rabbit hole trying to find reviews of this. And what was interesting was that a number of them were from Indian outlets and not American outlets. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to get a sense of is some of this cultural and we're just missing, like, is League of Legends that much bigger in India or is this kind of thing more commonplace? And I couldn't really find that level of specificity, but I did see. A number of places talking about some of the differences that may help to explain the adaptation process. So the first is specifically around Rishi's character. So the idea of the arranged marriage is actually a bit of an antiquated notion from what I gathered. So the idea that his parents would have been pushing for him to have an arranged marriage at 17 or 18 in India would be uncommon which is why it's his grandmother that's involved in it so that was a creative decision and his parents are divorced and i gathered that divorce is still a bit of a bigger thing because he's reluctant to tell dimple about it like that's one of the storylines
1: This is one of the examples of where I'm when I meant off the top when I said like the TV show makes some darker decisions. Mm -hmm. Rishi is motivated in the book by his parents love like the fact that his parents are such good companions and head over heels in love with each other and Mm -hmm. care about each other so much and have provided this example of like this stable home life. That's what Rishi is chasing when he Mm -hmm. goes chasing after Dimple. In the TV series it's literally the exact opposite. His father is this playboy who Mm -hmm. Ashish takes after. And what Rishi wants is Rishi sees their marriage as a love match that failed. And so he's going back to his grandparents' generation to pursue something different for himself because he's rejecting that example. And that sounds like simple on the surface. And Mm -hmm. it is, I guess, but it really changes the motivation. It moves the pursuit of dimple from something rooted in sort of love and family and like really positive connotations Mm -hmm. for Rishi in the book to, oh, he's really motivated by fear in the the TV show. He's trying not to be this other example of masculinity. Mm -hmm. That little change changes so much and tells you so much about the tone that the TV show is going for and how sort of resolutely not rom-com it has decided to be.
0: Yeah. So one of the other things that came up, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this since you are so interested in class, is I found this one review in the New Indian Express that really focuses in on how this series is interested in class, but it also depicts a mostly like high class group of people so they say we have snooty nris which is non-resident indians so that would be uh harsh harsh The Mercedes-Benz driving spoilt brats, the social media influencers, the good-natured rich kids, and of course some outcasts who are slightly lower on the economic ladder for balance purposes. This is a decent marriage here between upmarket Indian sensibilities and quintessential Western tropes. And I did feel like in the book the class disparity is really just coming from Dimple, right? Like, there's the whole thing about how she has to go out with the Aberzombies for dinner, and she's embarrassed because she can't afford an expensive meal, and, like, she had to beg her parents to pay for this expensive course, and that's part of the reason why she's so desperate to win the app contest at InsomniaCon. And in the TV show, that gets fractured across a number of different people, but also most of these characters are still really rich.
1: It's very American, y a, in its sensibility in the book, in that there is class difference ish, but it's like some people are upper middle class and some people are just rich, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. like the objections of Dimple's family. Yes, she's concerned about the thousand dollars they've spent on the course, but they can spend the thousand dollars on the course, right? Yes. It, there are there are many more objections, more deeply layered than money. So Dimple seems to have money issues, quote unquote, but like, they're not real money issues. It's not, not Serpent really. King, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and, and we see that all the time in YA. It's like, I am not quite as middle class as these upper middle class people I hang out with. And it's hard, which is fine. Like, I mean, if you're a teenager, that's a real distinction that you feel. So it sure. totally makes sense to explore. In the TV series, I felt like it's it's a similar thing, right? Just like that reviewer saying, they're all effectively of the same sort of socioeconomic band
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: except that Celia has to have a part-time job and it's like oh my god a part-time job no
0: yeah like her her whole arc apart from her feelings for Namrata which we all know are gonna turn romantic in a second season yeah her entire arc is that oh no she has to deliver pizza yeah like that's enough of a character trait that it becomes like a multi-episode arc
1: yes and so I actually, I really liked the way they dealt with the restaurant scene in the in the TV show. I thought it was better, actually, one of the few scenes that I thought worked better than in the book. Because mm-hmm. in the book, Rishi ends up paying for everyone at the table as like an yes. anonymous benefactor, and it's Which just a bit cheesy. Ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> Whereas in the TV series, it's Harsh who speaks up and says, "Like, oh, actually, you know what? In the states, we all just pay for our own. Can we just do that? That's what I was planning on." Mm-hmm. And. It's uh, it's more organic, far more organic. Uh, it also gives Harsh this opportunity to kind of be the knight in that scene, yes. which I guess ties into what happens at the end of the series when Harsh mm-hmm. shows up again as her coding partner. But Harsh in general is confusing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I let's spend a little bit of time on this character because I'm... I think he's a bit of a fascinating addition. So this is a character kind of like Xenat, not really present in the book. He's an amalgamation of some characteristics from characters within the book. But here, this is a character who fluently speaks Hindi, but is also the one who code switches between English and Hindi the most often, except for maybe Rishi and i find him fascinating as a character he's introduced literally participating in this program so that he can download pornography from the university because the bandwidth at his grandparents house is not as good so immediately we're told or we're meant to assume by the context of the tv show that this is a bit of a lecherous kind of gross character right like oh he's such a boy But over the course of the series, it also becomes very evident that he is the wrong partner that is going to come between Dimple and Richie, which is exactly what happens in the final episode. They have their massive blowout and he swoops in and we get this, oh no, they just kissed. Where's this going to go in season two? but I'm fascinated by this character because I think he's really interesting, but also they don't give him anything to do apart from this big climactic moment. It's not that it comes out of nowhere because I knew it was coming, but also it feels like it comes out of nowhere.
1: Well, and also, like... It's one of the most dramatic tone shifts I've ever seen between an episode one and an episode two in my life. Because Mm -hmm. (laughs) episode one is like the meet cute and the, will they won't they. And the, oh, Rishi's just this traditional boy who's trying to find a girl. Mm -hmm. And Dimple is just this independent woman who just wants to be left alone. And it's like everything you're expecting, episode one. Episode two opens with harsh masturbating. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. All
0: right. I don't know what's happening. I'm very confused. (laughs) It feels like episode one is John Hughes, and then episode two (laughs) is sex education.
1: It really does. And it's such a, like, I know that there are two episodes, but, you know, this was made for Netflix. It was made to be streamed. They know Mm -hmm. that people are going to go one episode into another. So the tonal shift is dramatic. And that made it hard for me to figure out what the purpose of Harsh's character was. Mm Mm-hmm. He mostly becomes a figure of fun for the teacher because uh, the teacher calls him out on his porn downloading in class, which seems inappropriate.
0: Um, Yes, it is kind of a terrible teacher, if we're going to be
1: honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he totally is. Um, he doesn't ever teach them anything. He just mm-hmm. yells the word no at them and makes fun of them. Mm-hmm. So he he refers to Harsh exclusively um, in terms of his porn addiction. He refers to Rishi exclusively in terms of his desire to find a wife. He <laughs> refers to Dimple exclusively in terms of her being a fan of this woman who does a ted talk about tech which apparently it turns out she stole one of sid's ideas like a million years ago it's just like
0: which is dropped and then leads to nothing
1: <laughs> i know until the very end right when it becomes another cliffhanger point which is that mm-hmm. maybe he's really gonna go away and work with her or something anyway question mark,
0: question mark yeah
1: all this to say that's all you know about Harsh's character for most of the series i shared an infuriating aspect of this with joe which is that in the dubbed episodes even though harsh is american
0: Mm -hmm.
1: harsh doesn't dub his own lines so they change his voice entirely
0: very odd
1: wildly confusing for some if you've moved between the the subtitle and the dubbed versions Mm mm-hmm yeah, I don't know. I wanted to really like Harsh's character. There's something very charismatic about him as an actor.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. he's
1: super compelling. He steals most of the scenes that he's in because you want to see his reactions in particular. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was like, a, for a North American viewer, he's kind of our everyman in this right. world or what, but he's very compelling. And yet at the same time, we find out so little about him that he ends mm-hmm. up being a very frustrating character to watch
0: yeah and to be honest that's the term i would use for a lot of the tv show it is highly watchable it is six episodes less than 35 minutes each like you can just plow through these but
1: beautifully shot too like the uh, did you not think i really love the landscapes and like anytime they're outside of the school and they're exploring jaipur i found really beautiful
0: Oh, sure. No, the natural geography of India is absolutely stunning. Like when Selena takes Namrata to the ruins and they pick up a cat, which, if we're being honest, is very clearly a sexual euphemism.
1: Oh, by the way, what happens to the cat at the end? Is the cat just abandoned?
0: No, the cat's in her bag.
1: No, she drops the bag and runs away.
0: Oh, that is possible that the cat has been abandoned. You know what? The cat will (laughs) be fine. Somebody will pick it up.
1: I hope somebody picks up
2: that damn cat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think that the actual direction, like capturing, framing, blocking, moving the camera and that kind of stuff is a little uninspired. But oh, okay. I do love the visualization of all of their app ideas and how they yes! use cartoons and animation and that kind of stuff. I'm a bit of a sucker for it. But too. you know what? I'm just going to own it and say that I like it. Mm-hmm okay so let's maybe pivot to talking about animal because i'm very interested in this character as a representation of disability and Mm. the tv show both seems to want to address it because there's a really great sequence where he shows up late for class and has this big speech about how there's no disabled washrooms on campus and i thought it was really interesting and great and just like refreshing in its honesty
1: mm-hmm. we get a really lengthy sequence where we see him trying to use one of the bathrooms too mm-hmm. that's really well done yes and the sense of urgency obviously because you need to use the bathroom but also there's this urgency built into the fact that like dimple is slamming on the door to get his mm-hmm. attention the whole time he's trying to like navigate this completely inaccessible space Yeah, it's really well done. And it's one of the few moments you actually feel genuine empathy for
0: Yeah, and and in a way, this may sound bad, but I'm used to seeing disabled characters portrayed in a certain way where we either feel empathy or maybe even pity for them. Like that's Mm -hmm. very much the North American way of doing things like, oh, these poor individuals. So I actually ended up appreciating the fact that mismatch makes an effort to say, this isn't a great dude a lot of the time. No, he's a dick. But then we also see that there's more to it, and he is hurting. Like, Actually, we haven't talked about it. Each episode is technically from a different character's perspective. They get a voiceover, but most of the time it doesn't end up matching the action of the episode, which really frustrated me because as a narrative technique. It's not the best way to do it. But in the episode that he narrates is that one where we get to see him struggling in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and we get to see, you know, his daily exercise routine and how he gets ready for class and so on. And I like particularly how late that episode comes because we formed opinions of Anmol, which are not always great because he is a bit of a bully. He's a misogynist. He's a bit of a dick. And then Mm -hmm. we get this and it forces us to recontextualize what we think we know of him. But then it just gets abandoned at the end of the episode and he becomes a stock generic villain that Dimple then has to beat in the League of Legends finale in the end of the season. And I was like, "Ah, show, what are you doing right now?
1: I think that happens a lot in the series. We get these moments of insight about other characters, Harsh is another good example, that ultimately get abandoned and Mm -hmm. not pursued.
0: It's too much setup for season two is what it is. Which is ironic because the show was not immediately renewed. And, you know, I finished watching it and said it will be back. So there is a confirmed second season coming. But it feels very much like they were brokering on ending on this cliffhanger. The finale episode is by far the weakest of the entire yes. series, and uh-huh. it's extra aggravating because they leave every single story in a lurch mm-hmm. on the expectation that they will get a second season. And thank goodness they do, but also it's a bit of an fu to viewers.
1: It is okay. So at the end of the the final episode, yes, Dimple wins the League of Legends. Who could tournament. care? So. That's the, that's, that's the quote unquote important bit, except that yes, as Joe points out, why would we care about this? It's not related to anything anyone's trying to actually accomplish. Mm -mm. I guess it replaces the talent show. Yeah. But the talent show is important in the book because it has a thousand dollar prize attached to it that Mm -hmm. you then have to use that money to develop your app to like, you can pay somebody to do your
0: graphics or whatever. Yeah. It's tied to the app, which is what they're actually there to do. And it also showcases different aspects or like it builds... It builds to important character moments for both of our leads, as well as many of our supporting characters, mm-hmm. whereas this League of Legends finale is just between Dimple and Anmol.
1: So that does get resolved in that Dimple wins it. But here's what's unresolved at the end of that episode. Dimple has accidentally outed Namrata. Yeah. And Namrata's life is in absolute tatters. She, can't, she doesn't think she can go back to school and she doesn't think she can go back home. She doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do. So that is unresolved
0: and that one is particularly frustrating because Namrata is a really interesting character it's not like they're doing anything too revolutionary with the idea of like a closeted person who's afraid that their life will be ruined if the reality of their life comes out but also the implications that she states where she's like i will have to leave school i will have to immediately be married my life is over and you're just like whoa what the stakes are massive And then it's just like, okay, now we're done. Bye.
1: So because of this, Rishi tells Dimple that he never wants to speak to her again. This betrayal is just so profound. Dimple's mad at Rishi, too, and I can't actually remember why.
0: It's because she thinks that he leaked her code.
1: Right. Yes, right. So Dimple's at which is not a good app anyway but it has Mm. been it has been developed by someone else so her code has been leaked she believes that rishi did it because he's the only only one who had access to it obviously it wasn't rishi but whatever (laughs) like everybody knows watching it but so they're not speaking to each other i want to point out that the cat has been abandoned Mm -hmm. harsh and dimple kiss we have no idea what that's going to mean or how what where what how no idea
0: Yes, that, that cliffhanger is absolutely the one that I'm like, you know what, that's fine. Because I would actually <laughs> expect that between, like yeah, we've seen that in right. sex education a number of times. So I was fine with that one. But yeah, continue on.
1: Um, Sid has got this job offer. So I think he's going to leave the camp maybe. And they're all just on their own now, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's not clear to me at all. Zena drops the thing about the f- person who dimple is like obsessed with is actually someone who betrayed sid in the past and that's why sid doesn't like dimple we find Mm -hmm. that out in the finale episode like i'm on seven cliffhangers right now and i don't think i've got them all
0: no because uh there's uncertainty in the relationship between krish and his girlfriend oh yeah
1: oh yeah and uh celia is
0: she's i love how you keep calling her by the book name it's selena in the tv show
1: oh sorry selena in the tv show has hooked up with ashish well they hook up in the book too um Mm -hmm. but it's nice in the book because they're cute together whereas in the tv series it's just gross and she doesn't know what to do now because she regrets it so that's like unresolved at the Mm -hmm. end of the finale
0: yeah it's a lot it's It's honestly it's way 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 too much like the entire finale is just setting up cliffhangers which isn't satisfying from the perspective of audiences And it really reconfirms that the TV show has just bitten off too much than it can chew. And the thing that I discovered when I was doing research, uh, when I looked at both the writers quotes as well as the two directors they said what attracted them was not doing a straightforward adaptation and complicating it so they very deliberately didn't just want to do dimple and rishi they wanted to explore all of these other facets and i'm like that's cool if you had 10 episodes of 45 minutes each but you bit off way too much and you didn't do anyone justice as a result
1: what's nice about the book is characters like Celia in the book um like Ashish even the bullies mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of context so we never we never come to like the bullies in the book it's very simple no. morality in the yes. in the book but we know the nepotism that drives them right mm-hmm. the tv series wants to take all of these different figures and complicate them but Never give them enough space for that complication to pay off. Whereas the yeah. book is like, we're going to complicate these six people and you're going to get to know them really well and have feelings about all of them. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's going to be these bad guys and they're just going to be bad guys. But you're going to understand enough of their backstory that you know why they're bad guys.
0: The and end. That's it. Yeah.
1: And that's it. And it works because it's tidy. The TV show is not tidy.
0: (laughs) No, no, the the TV show is messy, but not good messy. It's not Mm. audacious messy, like it's not taking big enough swings to justify this level of mess. Whereas the book is content to say, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yes, it's not quite as ambitious as it could be. But what it is giving us is so satisfactory, that also we don't care. Like I am so happy with the book except for that, you know, kind of expedited finale. But everything else about the book is great. This yeah. TV show, I'm just like, so you overcomplicated for no reason. Why?
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's one thing if there was some payoff, but unfortunately, all that ends up happening is the really lovely chemistry between those two leads mm-hmm. and the really interesting additions like Harsh and Zinat. They just get... I don't know, steamrolled over with all this other stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I'm not unhappy with the direction that any of these characters have gone in, but I needed more of all of them. And it's not enough to say, oh, well, you might get it in season two. Like, no, don't spend an entire season building up conflicts so that you can maybe pay it off in a future season. Like, that's not the way to do it.
1: Yeah. They shot this in a hurry too, by the way. They shot it in 38 days. Mm -hmm. And the cast members shot 12 hours every day.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I mean, that's not that uncommon. But yeah, it definitely feels like they were trying to outrun the pandemic. (laughs)
1: Yes, Yeah. And I think sometimes the pacing of the show, you get that sense of like, harriedness Mm -hmm. without any kind of plot context for the harriedness. Like, if anything, they seem to have a luxurious amount of time for the app itself in the TV series because they can also have this League of Legends tournament happening, Mm -hmm. which there is no space for in the book, right? Like, one of the things that Dimple comes back to over and over again is like, you have to win the talent show because otherwise the talent show is a waste of time. Like you should spend all this time on your app or you should win the talent show and get the money to drive into your app. But otherwise it's a waste of time and there's never any sense. I mean, I think there's one throwaway line where Dimple's like, oh, I have so much work to do, but I'm practicing League of Legends. And it's like,
2: what?
1: what is happening? And also Joe asked me the best question last night when we were talking about the show and that was, who is Dimple's partner in the TV series? Good luck good luck deciding because it's not at all clear
0: it's supposed to be harsh the whole time but he he just makes an apology in the final episode oh i should have been helping you and it's like okay what have you been doing this whole time but also (laughs) whose partner like i know the answer rishi's partner is Namrata, but he seems to spend all of his time working on dimple's app which means who's been helping (laughs) Namrata? It's a yeah, like i I found another review on another website that basically said all of the app stuff is actually really badly done, yeah, which is problematic too, because it's kind of meant to be the foundation of everything. I feel like we're just going in circles and complaining,
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting, right, because I know that some people have complained about the tech stuff in Wendell Met Rishi that for a book that's supposed to be about like women in tech, it's really mm-hmm. tech light, right. I think it's a misunderstanding to read the book as being a book about women in tech. It's a rom-com that happens to be set with a tech backdrop. And I think from that perspective, it handles the tech exactly the right amount, which is Mm -hmm. it throws in the right buzzwords. I understand vaguely what a wireframe is that happens at the right point in the text. Mm -hmm. That's enough. The TV series really wants to show us cool graphics, like, oh, look at these cool apps. And some of them are. Mm -hmm. But... It never gets any further than that. Mm -hmm. And I think at one point they're doing HTML coding in one class. Mm -hmm. And that's the only time anything ever comes up.
0: Yeah. We see a cool graphic of Dimple working on things and we see code behind her.
1: Java is her friend. (laughs) Java is her friend, but not as much as League of Legends. I can't get over the League of Legends thing. I just Uh, yeah, you are
0: stuck on it. Uh huh.
1: It's so annoying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well let's move on and let's wrap this up with a quick game of Y a Bingo. Bingo. Not a good bingo. Okay, so what do you have?
1: Okay, Uh, coincidental classes,
0: obviously. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Netflix connection for the TV Mm -hmm, series.
0: mm Hmm.
1: Perfect date. oh absolutely a million yeah one thing that's a shame is that you never see the kinds of dates that Rishi orchestrates in the book in (laughs) the tv series they are amazing the one where he takes her to that bookstore cafe place I was like yeah okay I'll live here now this is great
0: That was really great. I do want to give a shout out just because I feel like we maybe went a bit negative with our discussion of the TV show. The moment where they do have their non-date on the show and it culminates in their first kiss. I have never seen a first kiss presented that way. Like they go to kiss and then they stop and they kind of laugh and then they try it again. And it felt so real and authentic. It honestly... (laughs) It made me more frustrated with all the other nonsense because I, I was just like, this is so good. How do you not see that this is where the show should be?
1: The chemistry between the two of them is so sweet, but also that kiss makes the kiss with Harsh all the stranger, I think, mm-hmm. because all the hesitancy and sort of will they, won't they of the first kiss. And then with Harsh, it's just like, I'm sad. I'm kissing you. And it feels so out of character for Dimple for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Um Musicality for sure. I really do think the book has a Bollywood rhythm that I find really pleasing. I think it's part mm-hmm. of the reason why it's such a fast read. I don't know. That might be everything I have.
0: Okay. I've got queer secondary character for Nam Rada oh, in yeah. the T V show. Of and course. then also stunt casting because you don't cast a YouTube sensation no, that's true. unless you're looking to capitalize on that.
1: That's a good point. Really good point.
0: Um, hmm, Is it possible that's it?
1: Well, it's funny. I have like a ghost tick next to hollow friendships and romances, but I actually don't think it's fair. I think the TV show is trying really hard with the limited screen time that any of the love stories get to be authentic. And the moments mm-hmm. of chemistry are really true. So yeah, I, I kind of was going to give it to Celia and the Abrazombie. But even right. then, I think Celia feels something really... Deep there, even if the abra zombie doesn't.
0: Agreed. Zombie. I'm curious though. Would you say good friendship were Namrata and Rishi in the TV show up to a certain point? Yeah,
1: I think so. And I, even then, like I don't think Rishi is careless because he's in love, but mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't out her maliciously or cruelly, and it doesn't occur to him that that dimple will tell. Yes, selena So I do think that they have a good friendship.
0: Yeah. Now I'm. I'm not going to suggest that Dimple is a manic pixie dream girl, but if we can keep the conversation short, I'm happy to have it. But if it's something (laughs) too long, then maybe we can hit a pause on it. But I do wonder if there's something to be said about the way that Dimple is presented, maybe in both texts, as a kind of not that kind of girl.
1: Oh, I read a lot of reviews to that effect on the Goodreads. I don't read her that way, and I think the reason I don't read her that way is because it's so clear that the walls she puts up are not about gender as much as they are about her own insecurities, right? Like, Mm. she... She has to draw this line around gender presentation. She can't okay. wear makeup because it gives in to her mother, right? Right. And so that becomes a part of her identity. But like, you can see by how quickly and how closely she becomes friends with Celia in the book, mm-hmm. that it's not about a sense of superiority. And it's not about like, being cooler than other girls.
0: Mm. She's
1: really happy to have that close friendship with Celia yeah. when it happens.
0: That is true. Yeah.
1: And I think that... I think that the same is basically true in the TV show, although we get less development of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's very clear that a lot of people have read her character that way, because where you do find negative reviews on Goodreads, that's definitely the thing that people are picking up on.
0: Huh. Okay. Interesting. I like your rationale, because I I saw that as well, and I didn't entirely believe it, but I could see why people might make the argument.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, the final one that I had was Montage, just for the way that they sometimes do the app. Bits.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I would take that. And also there's some like uh the montage when they're getting the photo doing the photo trip.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh okay, well that does give us a line.
1: It does. Oh, look at us.
0: <laughs> really not as many as I thought though.
1: No. And you know what? It's funny. The book is, um, the book is rom-com tropey more than it is YA tropey, I think.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So that is When Temple Met Ricci. And Brenna, where are we headed next week?
1: Ah, I'm so excited. So we're finally watching season two of Saved by the Bell. It's going to be a shorty <laughs> episode. We were just so eager to share our thoughts on it. Um, It's fun. It's very fun. We have some thoughts on how the show could be better because we always do. Always. Uh, but it's worth taking some time to binge through it. It's an easy binge. And mm-hmm. then join us to talk about that. And it's good that we're doing a short episode because then we've got a long ass book because Joe Joe is sending me back to the world of Divergent with book number two, Insurgent, and its film adaptation the following week.
0: Mm -hmm. And I should note that I have given you a very long break between books for this series (laughs) because we covered this back in the first year of the pod in 2019.
1: In fact, Joe messaged me, I was out Christmas shopping, and I get this text from Joe, and it's like, do you want to do the next Hunger Games or the next Divergent book? And I wrote back and I said, oh, which slice of Christmas cake shall I
0: have? (laughs) Just to be clear, you don't like Christmas cake.
1: Nobody likes Christmas cake, Joe.
0: Yeah, so Veronica Roth. Let's go back to <laughs> Religious Dystopia. Woo!
1: I am actually eager to revisit this series. It has been a while, and I think my thoughts are slowly maturing on these books. So we'll see. Yeah, um, it's a okay, good okay. time for me to remind everybody that we do have our first band book club coming up in just a couple of weeks. So if you're not already reading The Catcher in the Rye, you should be reading The Catcher in the Rye. We'll be looking for your thoughts. If you want to share your book club thoughts, the email is often the best way to do that. You can find mm-hmm. us at hkhspod at gmail.com. But if you've got something shorter, you just want to share some pithy observations, you can find us on the Twitters at hkhspod or on the hashtag hkhspod. Joe, where do they find you?
0: I can be reached at b my remote, and that's the letter B.
1: And I'm at Brenna C. Gray. That's Gray with an A. And, uh, yeah, I don't regret watching this TV series, Joe. I know we came mm-hmm. down hard on it. I really did enjoy moments. And I think, I often think we're hardest on the text where we can see what
0: would have worked really, yes. really,
1: really well if they had just let it happen.
0: Oh yeah, now, 100%. I don't regret watching this at all. It was that I wanted more from it and I can see it there and I can see what they're trying to do. And I don't begrudge them for saying, oh, well, we want a season two. But also as a viewer, ooh, it irked me.
1: Fair. All fair, I think, completely.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So until next time, yeah, I guess you got a lot to read. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So get reading between Insert and Catcher in the Rye. You got work cut out for you. Yes. Um, And I will be seeing you on those pages.
0: And I will be seeing you on those screens. (laughs) Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of, um... Oh, I can't remember what it reminds me of now. I mind, Cut this. This is stupid.
0: Was it me and Earl and the Dying Girl? All the animated sequences?
1: No, because I didn't like it in that movie.
0: Okay, okay. I'll just cut it. Okay. No. <laughs>